Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Coming in. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, don't you hate it when people waste your time? Don't you hate it when people, you take your time and do whatever they want with it, and they might be late, or they might not show up in a way that you would expect, and it, and it has some kind of impact on you, and it, and it affects your time. I'm going to let you decide if I did that intentionally to help make a point, or if I'm trying to cover up for a mistake. I'm going to let you wonder, hmm, which one was it? Because we are in a series where we are talking about time. This series is called Tick Talks. We are not doing TED Talks, as interesting as those are. We are doing Tick Talks, and we are talking about time, this precious commodity, this limited resource that God has given us, and he cares very deeply what we choose to do with this time. He cares very deeply how we choose to manage our time, use our time, etc. So this morning, in uh, week two of this journey, what we're talking about is time to invest. And you might think I'm going to talk about money this morning, but I'm not. I'm actually not going to talk about money. But there's something interesting about the overlap between the language we have around the concept of time and the concept of money that we actually use similar language around it. We talk about saving time, saving money. We talk about, I don't have any time to spare. I don't have any money to spare. We say, I want to invest time in something. I want to invest my resources, my money in something. We even say that time is money. And so there's a significant overlap between money and time because we have such high value for time. We have an, we, we, it's so valuable for us, we compare it to money, and we all know how valuable money is. And so time is so important, we actually put it on the same level as money. Time is this, is this resource we have a limited amount of, a gift from God. And so what we're going to talk about today is what's the best thing for us to invest our time in? What is the greatest thing you and I can invest our time into? As we head into that, I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads real quick with, with me here? God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this place and the opportunity to think about you, that we set aside this time, this hour is set apart from the rest of the week to say, I want to connect with others and connect with you here in this space. So, God, we are thankful that you're here. We want to hear from you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, just backing up a little bit of a recap from last week, if you were not here, or just as a reminder, if you were here, we talked about Ephesians chapter 5, and where Paul says that we are to make the most of every opportunity. We are to maximize the time that God has given us, and, and literally what that means is that we are to redeem time. We are free to do whatever we want with our time. We are free to use it wisely. May we use the time that we have wisely. And so you and I have three things that we can do with our time. We can do damage. We can hurt ourselves or others. We can waste it, just blow off that time. Or we can build something with it. We can do something constructive with it. And it all kind of comes down to this question of, of identifying the most, what are the most important things in your life? And are you using your time to build something in those areas of your life? 
So that's where we were last week. So let me ask you today as we jump in here, what are the most important things in your life? What would you consider to be the most important things? What would be your top three to five most important things in your life? What would jump up for you? Your spouse? Um, a, uh, your health? What's going on with your health or somebody else's health? Or maybe your kids? Or a project at work that has been weighing on you this week and perhaps it's still weighing on you right now and it's going to be there tomorrow when you get back into it and it's just super big deal for you right now. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your new car. Maybe that was new. Maybe that popped up for you. What are the top three to five most important things in your life? Just take a moment. Take a moment. In the examples that I gave, I alternated between people examples and non-people examples. My guess is that for most of us here in this room, our list of the most important things in our lives are people. They either include or exclusively are about people. My guess is as you think about the most important things in your life, it's people. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. That's the way God has designed you. That's the way God has designed us. The greatest thing that we can invest in is people. It's people. That's the way the whole thing has been set up. You go back into the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. Those Ten Commandments written on stone tablets thousands of years ago, and they center around our connection with God and our connection with people. All the Ten Commandments are about that, how we interact with God and how we interact with people. And Jesus summarizes all of the law and the testament from uh, the law and the commandments from the Old Testament, hundreds of them, and he summarizes them all by saying it's it's love God and love others. That's how he basically summarizes it. That that this whole thing is about us connecting with God, connecting with others. The greatest thing that you and I can invest in is people. People are the most important thing in life. Absolutely, they're the source of most of our frustration. And most of our joy. You think about, about your frustration in life, and it has a lot to do with people, I'm confident. Your life would be so much easier if it wasn't for people. You think about your job. You think about whatever is bothering you. If no person was involved with that, it would be a breeze. And it would be miserable. It would be miserable without people. Here's, here, here's a potential tragedy in life. I'm not even a golfer, and this would be a potential tragedy. A hole in one with no one around. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I mean, I play hockey. I don't, I don't do golf. But I could just imagine hitting one in and thinking, did it? Did it? And then you get up close and you get, and you're on the green and you look in and you go, it's in there. It's in there. It's a long way and there's a rolling green and it's a tiny little hole. And it's, it's in the hole. Anybody? Anybody? Could you imagine the tragedy of that? It's just, it's just, life is all about, is all about people. And fortunately, our scripture that God has provided for us, it gives us lots of help in terms of how to interact with people. That the Bible we have access to is not just a book of theology. It's not just a a, a bunch of writings that help us identify doctrine, etc. It is a book of practical teaching. It is a book that wonderfully gives us practical 
application in terms of how we are to do life, how we are to interact with one another. And there are multiple sections in Scripture that address this specifically. One of them is in Romans chapter 12. And it's where I want to spend our time here today as we talk about investing in the greatest thing, and that is people. Romans chapter 12 has a section, verses 9 through 21, that talks The whole thing is about how we interact with one another. I highly encourage you to to read that whole section, but this morning, all I'm going to do is look at one verse. In that whole section, I'm just going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 10, where Paul writes this, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. Paul here says two things. Two sentences, two ideas, and both of these things have to do with our use of time, with the way we invest time in this most valuable thing called relationships with other people. So I'm going to look at these two different ideas. First of all, the first sentence, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. I have the word brotherly in brackets because most modern translations don't have the word brotherly attached to it because it is, it is a gender-specific phrase and new translations pull out of gender-specific language. Fully get that, fully support that. In this section, however, I just, it's hard for me to completely pull out the brotherly part of it because of the the depth and the value of the, the brotherly concept. It's not just love. It is a certain kind of love. Most of us in here are not Greek scholars. We don't have a grand understanding of ancient Greek, but we do know this phrase brotherly love. You know the phrase brotherly love in Greek. You know what it is. You know what the, what's, the, what's the city of brotherly love? Philadelphia. That's literally what it means. Philo means love and Delphia means brotherly. This literally says be devoted to one another in Philadelphia. That's what this is saying. There is a depth of the brotherly connection, the sister connection, that is a timeless connection. I tell my boys, I've told them multiple times as as they've fought and disagreed and wrestled with one another, I have said to them multiple times, your friends are gonna come and go. And your friends are important and you have some great friends. Some of them may stick around for decades, but your friends primarily are gonna come and go. I know that from experience. Most of you know that from experience. Most friends come and go. We have a few special situations there. But your brother is going to be there forever. You're always going to be his brother. He's always going to be your brother. And then they, then they, they really start to cry because they think, really? I mean, then it really kind of hits them forever. You know, that's kind of a difficult thing. But I try to pour into them. They're always going to be your brother. I, I have an older brother named Scott. He's four years older than me, and we fought more. I mean, we were 90% fought and 10% whatever the other thing was. Uh, I mean, my brother and I had a rough, rough journey, and, and uh, so he was older than me, and one time he was so mad at me. I remember we were right outside the bathroom by my uh, bedroom growing up, and I remember he grabbed me by the neck, and he lifted me up off the ground. My feet were dangling. It was like a a scene from Star Wars. I mean, he was Darth Vader. And I was hanging on to his wrists, hanging on for my life. And as I recall, I did nothing to provoke this. 
That's the way I remember it. I think I was, I think I was doing the dishes for him or something like that. And, and something made him snap. And his, the veins in his neck were bulging. He was red-faced. He was so mad. And he just picked me up and he said, I want to kill you. That's my relationship with my brother. And that's the same brother that when I go up to Edmonton to visit family and friends, that's who I stay with. It's that same brother. I'm, I'm careful. I watch myself. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, hey, how are you, brother? You know. But, but, but he, is, he is and always will be my brother year after year, decade after decade, not limited by time. Sisters are sisters. Brothers are brothers brothers. There is this longevity. There's this thing that only happens over time that says, yeah, we can fight for whatever this period, but you will always be connected. There is some incredible level of commitment and devotion. This, this word devo- devoted to one another, the, the, the concept of devoted is, is, uh, has been compared to a very homey and, uh, and deeply comfortable relationships. So this idea of devoted to one another, it's, been, it's uh, compared to uh, like an old chair that you have, uh, a 30-year-old chair that you don't want to get rid of. And this thing is stanky, and it's got stains, and, it, and for, for whatever reason, it's your chair, and it just fits right, and all the pieces, just, it's just worn out in just the right spots. It is your chair. It is the most comfortable, homey thing, and it took a lot of years to get it that stanky. Or you can compare it to, to an old dog. You know, a puppy just runs around and licks and loves everybody, but a 10-year-old dog loves you. A 10-year-old dog comes and sits at your feet. No one else's. Just comes there and sits there, and there's such a level of comfort. To, I'm, not, I'm not asking anything of you. You're not asking anything of me. We are just together. There's a, there's a comfort level there. It's a friend who you get together with, and maybe you get together with them on a regular basis, maybe it's infrequent, but whenever you do get together, there is just such an ease in the conversation, and you can be yipping and telling stories and laughing and doing all this, or you can just be sitting in silence together. It's that kind of friend, that kind of comfort that we're talking about here with this idea of devoted. Quality relationships, the things that are the greatest value for us, the things we want to invest in the most, those things take time. They just take time. This comfy, homey relationship takes time. And and it is timeless like a brother relationship, like a sister relationship. If you plan to invest in somebody by visiting them in the hospital, finding out where they are in the hospital because you know they're sick, they're in your small group, they're in your neighborhood, they're people you care about or they're a, a relative of someone you care about and you, you say, I'm, I don't know what to do, I'll just go visit in the hospital, sit with them, talk with them, read with them a little bit. You do something like that for somebody else, it's gonna take what? Time. It's gonna take your time. You gotta figure out when you're gonna do that, you gotta figure out the drive, you gotta figure out where they are, etc. If you want to go to that next level in a friendship and actually drive somebody to the airport, that's a significant line right there. You cross that line. Drive somebody to the airport or you help them move, it's going to take what? Time. That stuff, one of the the reasons we kind of roll our eyes with it and say, I don't know if I can fit that in because that takes time. Am I willing to invest that time? 
Maybe you are a supervisor or manager of a group of people. You have a group of people that you are responsible for, that you are investing in. And you have read or learned the, the power and the significance of a written note of encouragement to, to, that, to those group of folks, whether it's your students or your employees or whatever. And you decide to, to, to do that, so you carve out written notes for each of these people. And it's an incredibly Im- impactful thing, and you're deciding whether to do it or not, etc., the reason that we hesitate on those kinds of things because it takes what? It takes time. It takes time to do this stuff. You have a special person that you want to go and you know, have a relationship with, and so you want to go on a first date with this person, and so you want to select just the right restaurant, and you want to select just the right activity with this person, and you want to identify the right place where you can go on a romantic walk and all. It's going to take what? Money. That one takes money. That one, that's a different category. But it takes, it takes time, because time is money, right? So it takes time and money. Let me, let me tell you, my wife and I, we made a significant jump in our relationship because of time that I invested in her. When we were dating, I was at, I was in seminary, I was in school, and I uh, decided to write her a coded message. And so what I did is I created an alphabet don't judge me, guys. I, I created an alphabet with every letter repre- represented by a picture that had something to do with our relationship. So the letter H was a little Honda, because I was driving a Honda at the time. So it was a little picture of a Honda. And, and so every letter in the alphabet was, repre- uh, uh, was represented by a picture having to do with our relationship. So I first sent her a coded message with all of these little pictures on a piece of paper. And it took, it took a significant amount of time. I sent that to her, and then a week later, I sent the code that told her what it was. And so she was kind of freaking out. And she got all this, and it was a turning point in our relationship because she, at first she was kind of like freaked out, going, how much time did he spend on this? And then when she settled into it, she went, wow, how much time did he put into this? And it was her indicator that, okay, this, this was in a new category for us. And that was a huge, I didn't even realize it. I was just having fun. But it was a huge, uh, a significant part of our relationship. That it takes time to have quality relationships. In your marriage, if you want to take it to the next level, you want it, you're at an eight and you want to take it to a nine, you're at a one and you want to take it to a two or a three, then if you sign up for the 16-week re-engage journey that is a part of our marriage Mondays, that's going to take time. It just takes time to invest in the most important things in life. It also has to do with with God, that if you want to grow in your relationship with God, that you want to be not intimidated by Scripture, so you want to look at Scripture and open it up and start reading it and not feel like, man, I have no idea what this is all about. Everyone else seems to understand it, but not you. If you want to get over that, if you want to get to the point where you feel like you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your relationship with God, in small and big things in your life, where you actually feel like you have a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want to have that kind of relationship with God, it is going to take time. That these things, quality relationships, take time. What happens is when you spend time with someone, you get deeper with them. You become devoted to them. And it happens in both a good side and in a bad side. It happens with relationships that you want to pursue, but it also happens, just as a side note, 
It also happens in relationships that you are not supposed to pursue. If there's someone in your life that you are spending a lot of time with, that you are not supposed to have a pursued relationship with, somebody at work that you're spending a lot of time with, somebody in your neighborhood, an old friend that is back in your life and you're interacting with social media or whatever, and you're spending a lot of time with that person, what happens is that time leads to comfort. The comfort that we're talking about here in the first half of this verse, this this comfort and homey feel, and that comfort and homey feel makes you feel like you want to go to the next level in that relationship because you've become devoted to one another. And so wait a minute. We get to decide. What are we going to do with our time? Which relationships are we going to choose to invest in? We are free to use our time wisely, as we talked about last week. Okay, the second half of this verse, honor one another above yourselves. This is one of my favorite phrases in Scripture. Having to do with relationships, it is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Another version of this says, outdo one another in showing honor. This competition, I'm going to outdo the other person in showing honor. This is so powerful. Now, you may not connect with this because of the word honor. You may not connect with the concept of honor. Feel free to substitute the word respect there if you'd like. And just look at this and say, respect one another above yourselves. If I respect someone else above myself, which is what Scripture calls us to do earlier in chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So we bring humility to our relationships if we want them to be healthy. If I honor, respect someone higher than myself, and they are doing the same for me, that person is doing the same for me, I'm honoring them, and they're honoring me, respecting me, then something incredible happens. That is, that is the formula for a deep, powerful connection. Some of my, my greatest relationships, whether it's work relationships or friends or my marriage, it is about honoring one another above yourselves. It is about mutual respect, mutual honoring that I'm going to honor, you're going to honor, and instead of one person uh, looking down and the other person looking up and it's this imbalanced thing, the quality of relationships at work, etc., is about us saying, I respect and honor you. I respect and honor you. We can do something powerful together. You see, we all want to be honored, respected. It's no doubt about it. It affects how we live, how we dress, how we talk. We want to be honored by other people. But what this verse says here is your job is not to worry about how much you're being honored. Your job is to honor. In other words, you and I get to focus on honoring rather than being honored. That's the trick. We go, we go back home and in our marriages and we say, you're supposed to honor me. Well, no, that's not what it says. Your job, my job is to honor the other person above myself. And if And when they do that, that's when something incredible happens. We do that together. The mutual honor, mutual respect is a powerful journey. Scripture is clear that we should honor others. And it's also helpful in terms of who we should honor. Going back to the Ten Commandments, that God begins the very first commandment saying, you shall have no other God before me. God begins this whole thing. Yes, we're supposed to honor everybody, but let's get started with a few essentials. Honor 
God. The very first commandment gets started off, honor God. You get that one straight, everything will flow from there. What's the fifth commandment? Honor your father and mother. Let's get a grounding here. You don't have to do everything that they say. Honoring your father and mother doesn't mean that you do everything that they say. It means you always honor in however you respond to them. You get that? You honor God. You honor your parents. You'll learn the power and the significance of this. I will honor them above myself, and I'll see how that flows into my other relationships. But then in the New Testament, we even have more clarity on this. In the next chapter, Romans chapter 13, Paul says, we, need, we are to honor, we are to submit to governing authorities. What does that look like? And there's even a verse in 1 Timothy where Paul says we are to honor spiritual leaders. <laughs> That's a crazy one. Scripture is clear that we are to honor and then gives guidelines for us in terms of who we are to honor. But what about how? How are we supposed to honor one another? What does that look like? Let me just tell you, it has to do with time. I had an interesting discovery this, this week. I was looking up this verse, and, and the word, the English spelling of the Greek word for honor is actually spelled T-I-M-E. I never knew that. Now, the Greek word has nothing to do with our word for time. We're going to find out later what the Greek word for time is. Etc. We're going to find out later in the series. But it just happens to be, the word honor just happens to be T-I-M-E. It's pronounced T-I-M-E, and it means highly valued. So when you honor someone, you highly value them. You say, I see the good in you. That yes, I'm aware of the ways that you're imperfect, etc., but I am highly valuing you. I am lifting you up. I'm identifying what is good about you. I am, I am elevating you in that way. We value somebody, and we honor them. So when we highly value God by saying, I'm going to start off my day spending time with God. I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm going to either pray or think about God, or I'm going to read, or I'm going to journal, or whatever. I'm going to start off my day, or I'm going to end my day, or I'm going to have it be a part of my commute when I'm stuck in the car or whatever. I'm going to spend some of that time with God. We honor God. When we remember and value our parents by calling them and checking in and letting them know what's going on and doing chats and videos and with the kids and all that kind of stuff, and we bring them into our lives and do all that, we honor them. And it's a powerful thing. We honor our neighbors. In the series right before the summer, we were talking about, won't you be my neighbor, and how significant of an impact we can have on people in our neighborhood, people that we have interactions with, that when we remember what's going on in their lives and let them know we're praying for them and talk with them about, hey, how's your dog or how's your, how's your mom or whatever, it's very honoring to them. It's incredibly honoring. When we listen to someone's full version of a story and we just really pay attention to them, it's honoring to them. We give them time. We value them. We honor them. How do we honor one another? We value their time. We invest our valuable time into them. So as I said, don't you hate when people show up late for something? Don't you hate it when people waste your time? So honor their time. Show up on time for stuff. 
I know this is a personality thing. Some of us are 15 minutes early and some of us are, you know, five, 10 minutes late or whatever. That is, that is a character trait in our culture that feels very dishonoring. And so it, it, is, it is not a wise thing to say, hey, that's just who I am. And then to say, I'm going to squeeze one more thing in here because if I, if I squeeze this in, then yeah, I'll be five, 10 minutes late for that, but I'll just be so much more productive. And what we communicate to the other person is this is more valuable than you. And it is dishonoring. And so in our culture, we show up on time. And if we don't do that multiple times, that has a negative effect on our character and how people view us and how they feel valued by us. We value other people's time and we invest our valuable time in other people. And we just say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to spend time with you. You have a limited amount of time. What that means is you can't spend unlimited time with everybody. Absolutely, I get that. What that means is you're allowed to say no. We are allowed to say no to some people because we're going to say yes to somebody else. It's a skill to learn to be able to say no over here so that we can say yes over here, so that we can say yeses that are in line with our highest priorities in life with our most important people, the people that we believe God has put in our lives to say, these are the ones that you are to honor, that you are to value, that you are to spend time with. God says, these are the ones I want you to spend time with. That allows us to say no over here sometimes so that we can say yes and honor people over here. If you were here last week, you might walk away and say, hey, I build stuff all the time with my hours. I'm building something all the time. You're a nonstop builder. You make the most of every hour. Great. But do the people who are most important in your life feel honored even though you are building something with every hour? The people who are most important in your life, do they feel like you are prioritizing them with your time and using your time, pouring your precious time into them the most important things in your life. If you ask them if they felt honored, how would they respond? We have a limited resource in our time, and we get to decide where it goes. Are we honoring the most important things in our lives? Paul says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Quality relationships take time. They take time, that homey, comfort, long-term brotherly relationship, sisterly relationship, it takes time. Honor one another above yourselves. Quality relationships value time. I will choose to value you in this way. We get to decide. So this fall here, 2018-19, as we head into this school year, whatever that looks like for you, and some of us get to make decisions in terms of how we're using our time, can we adjust some of our time to reflect our top priorities? Can we adjust some, even if you're building something with some of your important time, can we adjust some of that time to honor the most important people in our lives so that we can outdo one another in showing honor. And then at the end of the year, we can say that was the greatest thing I could have possibly invested in. You'll never regret investing in relationships, investing in the most important people in your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, once again, I thank you for the gift of time. I thank you that 
Everyone sitting here in this room has time. So as you stir up the most significant, the most valuable relationships and opportunities in our lives, the, the people we're going to go home to, the people we're going to spend time with this week, God, we have time this week to honor them, to invest in them. Perhaps, Lord, this is the time for some here in this room to participate in a small group or some other journey to help them connect with one another and connect with you in a deeper way. Perhaps this is the time for some couples to sign up for re-engage and invest that time. Perhaps this is the time for some to call an important person in their life that they have been separated from for a long time. God, would you help us to use our time in a way that honors those who are most important to us, in a way that glorifies you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.